When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. 49ers 30, New York Giants 12. Uh, if I cough during the episode, it's, I don't know, I have a little cough going right now. Uh, and and just like the Giants coughed up this victory. So let's talk about this game a little bit. Uh, Alex has already given me a face to start this one off, and I'm going to throw it to him right here and early, actually. My name is Josh, and joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. Why are you giving me a face when I say the Giants coughed up this victory, Alex? I don't know. That was just a weird, a weird phrase. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. So I, I guess that was the reason for the face. But yeah, uh, a, t- a tough one here tonight, uh, or now the next day. Uh, when we're recording this at this point at 12:30 at night, um, or whatever you, when morning. No, 12:30 still night. Anyway, um, who cares? Um, what was I going to say? So what I was going to say is that this was a rough one for sure. A lot of mistakes um, that led into it. A lot of painful penalties, whether they were justified or not, uh, that were really tough. And then the offense, offensive line in particular, just unable to get going, unable to protect Daniel Jones, unable to really get anything going in the run game. Uh, and then just, I think, another thing that you know kind of has to be mentioned is just some lackluster play calling, uh, especially on offense, but even on defense from Wink, just some uh, bad situational play calling, especially on some of those third downs, uh, third down and longs where they were probably a little bit more aggressive than they needed to be. And then obviously part of it falls on the players who are just not tackling and stuff like that. But um, overall, the Giants did not, you know, it was a close game up until the, what was it, 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter. So the first three quarters uh, were relatively close. And, uh, you know, I guess from that standpoint, you look at it as a positive, but uh, obviously, the final scoreline is not something uh, that you're happy with. But overall, probably just about what I expected uh, to happen happened tonight. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And now we got to move on to Seattle. But uh, 49ers, they're a great team. Uh, and right now, the Giants just aren't in in a groove on offense at all. Uh, and even on defense, they're struggling quite a bit. Alex, the reason I said that in the, in the intro, and, and it's honestly because you know, I am optimistic after this win, uh, but it does come with a grain of salt because at the other at the other side of the things, I am annoyed. Uh, and as you can probably tell from how I'm talking right now, I, I just have that feeling. 
of absolute like discomfort. I, I don't like how the Giants kept me in this game for so long. I don't like how they made me feel cautiously optimistic. You know, in the beginning of the game, in that first quarter, they were hanging in there and, and they had a good offensive drive. And I, I texted Alex and I think I texted my father and I was like, you know, the Giants actually this season to start the, start a game had a good offensive drive. Like, this is crazy. I might I might cry. This is this is something we've never seen before so far this year. So that was like weird. Grant, uh, not Graham Cano. Jamie Gillen had a good punt from like inside the the ten yard line inside the end zone. I was again like this is weird. Like like what is going on right now? I was kind of confused. Again, very ex- like excitingly confused in that way. Um, and the team just hung in there. I felt I felt it to be a very weird game, Alex, because I think we all thought it was going one way, and that was a 49ers blowout. So when that just didn't happen from the get-go and not until the fourth quarter, it was just a weird feeling like, so we have a, a chance, you're saying, you know, type of thing. And then it's 20 to 12 for so long, I felt like. I felt like there were so many, it was there were so many opportunities for the Giants to continue to claw back in this game to where even they had a drive on offense when it was 20 to 8 and they were a touchdown to two point conversion away from tying this ball game and they don't 20 20 to 12 I mean I think 20 to right? 12. Eight, eight, 8 point game but 12 yeah 8 point game touchdown two point conversion 20 to 12 the giants can can tie it up uh after a long uh more than five minute drive it was like 11 plays for that field goal for the 49ers and then what did they do it was kind of the Giants of old uh, that we did not see last season a lot where they don't go down until they score a touchdown or get some points on the board it's three plays and then a pot and fourth down um, and it's just unfortunate to break down uh, how that went in the third quarter it was a Daniel Jones pass to Wanda Robinson for two yards a false start, like we, like Alex said, a lot of penalties in this game on Bellinger, and then another throw to Wandell Robinson for four yards. Uh, and we'll talk about Robinson and how the Giants uh, were on him, uh, or like I guess had a lot of opportunities for him in this game. And then what happens? Daniel Jones third nine, incomplete to Darius Slayton. We punt the ball. Alex has had his mic unmuted for the longest time. He is waiting to budge in here, but held his ground. And to not interrupt, Alex, I appreciate it. What's going on? Well, I, 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 you were kind of going through the points, and I kind of wanted to, you know, further emphasize it. What I'd say is, I think there was three like turning points here in this game. Uh, the first one, I think, was uh, after that equal or uh, that touchdown, right? The first touchdown in the game for the Giants, where it made it seventeen twelve, uh, and then the Giants. Uh, what was it at that point, 17-12, and then they went for that two-point conversion. They did not get the two-point conversion. I think that was a turning point for the Giants. That was an opportunity where they you know, really could have gotten a grip in the game. Uh, obviously, there was that defensive drive uh, where they were on. The second one is that defensive drive where they just kept giving up third and long after third and long after third and long. Um, so I, I think... That was a really tough part, and then I think the third and final one, I think you kind of, like I've been doing, you could put this into three points. The drive, like you mentioned, Josh actually mentioned this before I'm even saying this now, but 20-12, to 12, it's an eight-point game. You can go down the field, uh, get a touchdown, uh, and two-point conversion, tie the game up. You know, you just went through play-by-play play what happened there, so I don't need to repeat that. But I think those are like the three key points there 
uh, at which the game could have turned in the Giants' favor, uh, and it just didn't. And it was just again, Alex. It's like it's it's like I said, I'm annoyed. Like I'm not ups- I'm not. You know, I know it's like I'm not. Uh, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed, or I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, is what people say. And it, it's kind of like that where I'm not. I'm not mad at the team, but I'm just annoyed because it's like I'm not like, oh my god, like we should have won this game. Like what the hell? Like come on, man. No, it, it's not that. It's just like I. I feel like the team had it right. They did have it. It was in their hand. Like they they could have capitalized on this game. We could have beat the best team in the NFC. I believe it. Alex believes it. Most of the people in the United States and the world believe that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. We could have beat them. And we just we didn't take that extra step. We didn't go up that other level and get to that that higher ground to step on them and step over them and get into the end zone for a touchdown and two-point conversion. It just it just seemed like we weren't we weren't there. And I don't know if that's because we're missing Andrew Thomas and Daniel Jones isn't getting time because of that, and we're missing um, uh, we're missing uh, Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and that's affecting the team. I'm that I know that had a lot to do with the lack of offensive performance from this team today. I understand that, and maybe it's because the injuries throughout the game, which we'll get to later, was wearing us down because there was a few or the penalties. But the thing is. When you have a chance to beat a team like that, or at least tie a game against a team like that, you got to do better than running a play for two yards, getting a false start, and to what it seemed like on that drive, just kind of giving up. I feel like in the third quarter, the the Giants maybe because they didn't want to think about it that way. Like this is the this is the game in our in the balance right here, even though it was just the end of the third quarter. But to me as a fan, I was like, this is it right here. It's either they notch it up or they get a field goal and even make it closer or it's over. And they punted, and I knew it was over right then and there. So I feel like they had to hold that drive to a little bit more high of a standard, and Kafka should have called something, some plays, to to kind of go a little crazy. I, I know the tweet circling around right now as we're recording close to 1 a.m. that Kafka um, and Dable did not call big plays, did not call deep plays this game compared to what we saw against the Cardinals. And then Dale responded, oh, we called a little. Yeah, we called some in there, and that's great. But when we're not seeing them, when it actually matters, it doesn't matter. So when we have a drive, when it's 20-12 to 12 and we could tie the game, that's when you do the deep play to Darius Slayton or Wondell Robinson or Jalen Hyatt, a 50-yard deep ball, and we get down to the opposite side of the field. But you didn't do that, and we did drop-offs and dump-backs. And dump dump offs is what I meant to say. Sorry, I. That's where you have your creativity, and I know Kafka has that from the Chiefs. There's somewhere in the playbook that there's some creative deep plays in there. Why not pull that out when you want to tie the best team in the NFC? That's what I don't understand. I think I from their perspective, you have to look at it. This offensive line was patched up. Like crazy, you have a, you know, a, a second-year uh, offensive lineman who barely even played last year. To be completely honest, uh, at his natural guard position, was playing left tackle. You had Shane Lemieux, who hasn't played in three years. Uh, you had John Michael Schmitz, who is a third game uh, of his NFL career. He's a rookie. Uh, you got who was playing right guard, Marcus McKeithen, making his second ever NFL appearance. Had a torn ACL in his rookie season, so this is kind of like his real rookie season. 
And then Evan Neal, who at this point doesn't have a whole lot of excuses, but uh, has not been very good for the Giants. So you look at that offensive line uh, and you saw Nick Bosa and Armstead and all those guys rushing right at you. Uh, And I do understand why the game plan was more quick passing. And in the preview episode for this game, I was even saying that that would be the key if you can successfully get the ball in Wandell Robinson's hands or Darren Waller's hands or Darius Slayton's hands, whoever it may be, uh, you know, five yards, 10 yards down the field and let them make a play uh, with the ball in their hands. And I think, to be completely honest, they didn't really do that. Um, at certain points, Jones did not put them in the position to do that, and the defense was kind of swarmed around them. But there were opportunities where you felt like, okay, here's Wandell in a bit of space. Granted, Wandell just came back from an ACL injury, so you have to give him a little bit of time. But guys like Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton, who, when they get the ball in space, they just weren't really able to make the most of it, even though they didn't get it much in space, to be completely fair to them as well. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but I also think from that perspective, it's, it's tough to dial up some of those deep plays when your offensive line could barely hold up for Darius Slayton to get a 10-yard uh, curl route. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough either way. I think, you know, if they set up a whole bunch of deep shots and Daniel Jones just got sacked on every play, we'd be furious too. So I think it's, they, he had to have a fine balance table and uh, Kafka, but uh, it just at this point, the talent on the field was not good enough for the Giants compared to that star-studded defense. Well, listen, Alex, you, you talked about the uh, the offensive game plan coming into this game. Get it out quickly. I mean, it worked. Guess how many sacks the uh, 49ers had? Just as many as the Giants did. Two, I think. One, two. That's how many the Giants had. It yeah. was split both sides, two, two. So let's give you know a round of applause as well to this play call going in for the offense. Get it out quickly. Now, mind you, they put 12 points on the board against an unbelievable 49ers defense. I understand that. But to the point of we want to get it out quickly so Daniel Jones doesn't get himself on the, himself on the ground, it works somewhat. I, there was only two sacks in the game. So, you know, credit to them. But now we have to turn that get the ball out quick, not get sacked success to Wall doing that. Let's get more points on the board. And unfortunately, 12 against top teams that have the best offenses in the league, that's not going to do you that with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and we can go down the line, George Kittle. It's tough when you don't have a run game threat too, right? Obviously, no Saquon Barkley. And then, Breed you know, you're fine in that replacement position. I have no, I have no, uh, I'm not saying he did bad. I'm he just saying you, you don't have the threat that Saquon Barkley possesses. When you see Saquon Barkley in the backfield, it makes defense uh, defenses think about it. Uh, and when Matt Breed is in the backfield, no disrespect to him, he had a great, he had a pretty good game, probably one of the best players on the field today on the offensive side of the ball. It's just not the same. He's not as physically imposing. He's not as, uh, you know, he's just not as dynamic as Saquon Barkley. And I'm sure he knows that, right? And there's not many Saquon Barkley type players on this planet. Uh, so it, it's tough. Uh, you know, when you have a banged up offensive line, uh, uh, inexperienced offensive line at that and then you you know you're trying to do the short passing game but everybody knows you're trying to do the short passing game because you don't really have a run threat can't throw the ball deep it's just it, it's it's tough uh, especially when those pass rushers on the 49ers can just pin their ears back and and rush at Daniel Jones and that's pretty much what just happened and then Daniel Jones he has to dump it off quickly 
uh, if he wants to survive back there in the pocket. So overall, it's rough. But, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the offense here. I, I guess we should transition to the defense, right, Josh? So you want to, I mean, I'll let you finish up with any other thoughts you got about the offense, but then we could uh, switch over to the defense. I guess let's do the stats with the positional group. So I'll just yeah, say that's good. Daniel Jones, 22 for 32, 137 yards and no interception, uh, no touchdowns at an interception. I I turned the game. I'm not gonna lie. I turned the game. I turned the game off when that pick happened. I, Three of the four Daniel Jones interceptions this year tips. have been those tip picks that they should have been caught. So and mind you, you know what it reminded me of? It's it's when the bride at her wedding throws the flowers. Uh, what what is it called? The bouquet? Is that what they're called? You know what I'm yeah. talking about when, when the she bouquet of flowers entered to all the bridesmaids. Okay, That's yeah, I do. Know, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what that's what the pick was. It was literally one forty nine er tipping it, and then four forty nine ers like, okay, which one of us is gonna get it? That's literally what I saw immediately. What I thought of, because like, how hilarious is that? Like, come on, like, out of any the ball sits in the ball sits in the air forever when that happens too. It's like it's and yeah, floating. It there. tips up. It's just like in the air. Like it's like, and you hear like the slow mo music with the running. You know, it's like yeah. bum 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 bum. It's like one of the, it's, you know what it's like for anybody who plays Madden when like when there's about to be an interception, it like slows down, like everything. Oh, and there's slow a, motion. turn the camera too. So they yeah. really turn the camera. Yeah. That, that's, exa- it's, it's realistic, off. man. It's probably the most realistic thing about the game. <laughs> um, Madden, welcome to the Madden podcast here. But, uh, yeah, it's just like those type of picks so far this year. I mean, that wasn't a blame on the receiver, right? That was just a. Bad throw by Daniel Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I haven't rewatched the, the pick yet, but or you were it was either that or it was a good play by the. I think it went right off of Darren Waller's hands, but I, I or I it, yeah, hit by one of the 49ers. I I yeah, I think whatever so too. it was, the way that shit went up to like 20 feet into the air to where four 49er defenders were waiting behind. I yeah. turned it off right when I saw. But it. you know what's funny? Earlier in the game, we had a similar situation where we got a tip. Dory Jackson tipped it into the air on that Debo Samuel catch, and it's sitting in the air forever. And you're thinking, "Oh, this is our moment. Oh my God, it's our God. tip pick." And I mean, then that, that <laughs> and whoever it was, Raj, is it that field goal? That 15 play, 64 yard, six minute drive by the 49ers. There was three plays that could have been Giants interceptions, and they weren't. Two were by Deontay Banks, I believe. One was by Dory Jackson, and I could go back and watch and point them out. Um, don't worry to to save everyone's time. Whoa, what's my voice just flew. Um, to save everyone's time, I won't be doing that right now. But there were three plays I remember from that first drive that could have easily been interceptions and could have been turning points early in the game, but they weren't. Uh, Matt Breida, four carries, seventeen yards, had a touchdown in this one. Daniel Jones, yeah, Alex. I mean, was it Eric Armstead that we talked about before the show? Said in his post game, he was surprised that the Giants didn't do more. Uh, plays where Daniel Jones rolled out of the pocket and was used as a runner in the open field. Only two rushes for five yards. So, yeah. It's also tough, though, when you're doing that, like, uh, read option type stuff. Well, there's no saying where he stayed more in the pocket in passing plays because he just released it quickly. It it was just a bad game plan to do that, too, if you're you're also doing it during uh, play action or if anything because you're trying to get the ball out quick, but then... You you want to hold on to the ball so you can run it. It's just the, you know those the thing is usually what Daniel one Jones goes the other. 
Yeah, Daniel Jones's run, most of his running, uh, you know, production this year has been off of play action slash read option type things. So, uh, it kind of there were you know, there's times where it's like kind of like a direct QB draw or whatever it may be, but uh, it's it's tough to scheme it up. I guess I, I I'm looking at it from their perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought there were certain situations where he was in the pocket where he he kind of forced a dump off where it was like okay, there was some open field there. Uh, and he could have taken off, but yeah. And then uh, no wide receiver cracked 40 yards. Mysterious Slayton topped the wide receivers with three catches for 32 yards. Gary Brightwell, two catches, 30 yards. Paris Campbell, six catches, 24 yards. Wanda Robinson for it. The ball was spread around, I'll just say that. Um, now, did it really lead to much? No. <laughs> did, wait, did the Giants score a touchdown in this game? They did. Matt Breida run. Yes, Matt Breida's run, yeah. Yeah, okay, they got that in the third. I just see six on my on the score for each quarter. I forgot they they went for two there and they, they went for two and they didn't get it. Daniel Jones got like slaughtered in the backfield. Yeah. Uh compared to Brock Purdy, one twenty five for thirty seven, three hundred ten yards, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, eighteen touches, eighty five yards, one touchdown, and then Elijah Mitchell, like Rob Guerrero, who came on our podcast to preview, said that McCaffrey paid 100% of snaps last week. That was not intentional by Kyle Shanahan. He had to give Mitchell some more touches. He does that. 11 carries, 42 yards for Mitchell. Once, actually, let's, this this will transition us into the defense. Another thing we talked about with Rob Guerrero. One thing he said, if Kyle Shanahan finds something in your system that you do not have or that is a problem or that he knows is something they can thrive on, that being the 49ers, they will use it, and they will take the hell out of it. They will take advantage of that. Use it and abuse it. There you go. I was really hoping you were going to say use it and abuse it. but I'm so. glad you cut in and said it. That's a great term for it. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. Tebo Samuel. Six catches for 129 yards and one touchdown. I will not say anything if that man goes on Twitter after this game and tweets out, I own the New York Giants. I can't say anything. He did. That's exactly what he did. He played his game, and he played it perfectly, and every time he got open when he was asked, like I said, that's only six catches that he had to make. A yak king. A yards after catch machine is exactly what he is, and then... Well, McCaffrey, we know, five catches, 34 yards, the, the passing and, and running back. And then George Kittle now deciding to come become primetime 2019 George Kittle again. I don't understand that. Went for seven for nine, uh, seven for 90, excuse me. And we see the uh, old first down drops the finger in the, the water or the coffee or the tea, whatever he does. I was like, bro, what are you doing? I haven't seen you do that since 2020 when you were like actually relevant. So, like, I don't know what you're doing, respectfully. Like, sorry, George Kittle. I just I just don't like, why does he have to pop off, right, like, right back like old when he hasn't been doing anything for the past couple of years in the NFL? Just annoying. Um, like, even Al Michaels hit it on the nose when he was like, there's George Kittle catching that one. You know, used to be known as one of the top-tier tight ends in the league. Like, yeah, because he's not anymore. He, drew, he dropped off. Um Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Josh has that kid. Josh has that kid around. Hate. Alan a fan. It's funny enough. After we had that debate three years ago on this podcast, yeah, I'll I'll tell you a funny story. This guy insisted 
that Kittle was better than uh, Kelsey, like probably like in the beginning of our podcast. I still remember that. Like insisted, like would defend it with his life type situation. Uh, I think I think we all know that Kelsey's better now, but yeah, he's well better. Better what? Better winning in life, uh, or better better all round. He's just yeah. he's doing he's doing better all around. Yeah, that, that um, guy's having a good time right now. Anyway, let's talk about Debo Samuel. Yeah, what I'd say from a deep from looking at the defense perspective, Debo Samuel, what'd you say, 126 yards? Uh, George Kittle, 100 or 90 yards? Excuse me. So what are we talking? 129 yards actually, but it was you're pretty close. All right, so we're talking about 215 yards there thereabouts on the uh, for the two of them. I'd guess 100 of those, 150 of those maybe even after the catch. They were untackleable, or more like it, the Giants cannot tackle for their lives. It doesn't matter who it was. It would be Micah McFadden. It would be Okereke. It would be Banks. It would be McKinney. It would be Adoree Jackson. Nobody could tackle. Do we need tackling camp? Like, I don't understand it. Like, these guys, yes, they're super athletes, but people are able to tackle them. Like, Debo Samuel doesn't do this every week. Like, yes, he makes big plays, but he does not consistently break tackles like this. You would think he is the strongest man alive uh, with how hard it was to tackle him. Um, And and granted, he's got great lower body strength. We know how shifty he is, uh, what an elite wide receiver he is, but it was just a, a, a clinic on how to not tackle uh, properly by the Giants, how to not wrap up properly, uh, whether it was on him, Kittle, McCaffrey, uh, and that was really the main problem on defense, uh, and that's really what led to them being successful on offense. It, it was the tackling. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, you mentioned a couple of the opportunities for uh, turnovers. There was that, but to be honest, if they were able to wrap up and tackle better, uh, you know, within maybe uh, you know a, a couple yards of the catch. The Giants probably would have won this game. That's how extreme uh, the tackling, uh, you know, effect had on the uh, had on the team, and that was the main problem. Uh, just a couple of guys I wanted to highlight, though, uh, you know, before I kind of wrap up on the defense. Uh, I thought Micah McFadden had a great game, had multiple tackles for loss. Uh, he really showed out today. Uh, he looked pretty good last game too against Arizona in the second half. Uh, so shout out to him. And then I thought Deontay Banks uh, had a pretty solid game. Uh, today too especially when he was lined up against Debo Samuel uh, I gotta check the advanced statistics when they come out tomorrow or today when we're uh, listening to the or recording this now that it's 1am or whatever it is Um, but I gotta check that out to see what the actual catches were against Deontay Banks like how did Debo do like when he was lined up against Banks Uh, because I think that would be an interesting stat but I'm sure all those people are have gone to bed uh, like normal people not us insane people who are up here recording a podcast at 1am so um, yeah, overall, those are the two guys who uh, who I want to shout on the defense and and the tackling. Just it just needs to get better. Yeah, so I mean, um, Leonard Williams with a half sack, Kayvon with the sack, Davidson credited with the other half of that sack on the 49ers, and obviously Nick Bosa with a tackle for loss and a sack, Javon Hargrave with a tackle, uh, tackle for loss. I'm saying and a sack, and then Oren Burks had uh, two tackles for loss as well. And then I want to talk about. All right, so I think this the I think we're good with offense defense. We broke that down. Uh, the final things I want to just do here is injuries, and then I kind of want to get our our final takeaways from this game and kind of looking ahead a little bit uh, to see kind of what what's next here for the Giants. Now we sit at one and two, one and one uh, away. 
Luckily, we're going to head back home, but it's a Monday night football game. So it's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, we're going to do all of that in just a minute after the break. All right, let's go to the injuries now. So we don't have a ton of news. Again, it's like 1 a.m. after this Thursday night football game. Uh, but we do have some updates on the injuries here. We have Evan Neal got injured in this game, says he's okay. Dory Jackson got injured in this game, but he came back in later. Deontay Banks didn't seem too overly concerned in the locker room after the game about his uh, little nick. Rakeem Nunez-Roches, last time I checked, I did not see any updates on Twitter or anywhere about uh, an update to his injury. So maybe by the time this, you know, you're listening or watching this, there is. I don't know. And then DJ Davidson, another person that I don't have an update on, had a shoulder injury. Okay, Alex, uh, let's let's wrap this up. Um, so again, Giants lose 30 to 12. We kind of talked about our thoughts on the game. I think overall, we both kind of agree that we were a little happier with how the Giants ended up playing. Uh, down Andrew Thomas, down Saquon Barkley. They somewhat fought through this game, although there was lackluster in play and in play calling. Um, but it, it, it ended up being the result we all expected, a 30-12 win for the 49ers. Um, so let's look ahead. I I did not think, and I know you did not think, that at this point in the season, or I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I, I want to say we both did not believe the Giants were going to be 1-2 and two at this point in the season, right? I thought they would be 2-1 and one or 1-2. One I would have expected them to win against the Cardinals. I think Cowboys, I think, was always kind of a 50-50 game. I did not expect them to lose 40-0, to zero, though. Uh, and then this game, I you know, kind of always thought was probably going to be a tough one for us. So I'd say I, optimistically I was hoping 2-1, and one, but I could have seen 1-2 and two as well. So it's not like, it's not doomsday, uh, like some John. They're not 0-3. I mean, no. If it was 0-3, we, we'd be having a completely different conversation right now. But I do want to give a little bit of a... Of a Monday Night Football is huge, though. Huge, huge game. So let's look ahead now. We have the Seattle Seahawks coming to MetLife on Monday night. So the Giants now, like I said, another primetime game, which, again, I don't know why the NFL did this, but whatever. So now we got Thursday. So we're playing on Thursday. Guys can go home. I'm sure the Giants are going to give them the weekend. So they're going to get a few days to rest up, chillax, you know, figure out what went wrong, what can we improve on, where they're going to get back in that building, I'm sure, on Monday. We're going to figure it all out. From that Monday practice, they're going to have a week, a full week until Monday Night Football. That's a long time from Thursday to Monday to prep for a football game. So they're, they should know everything there is to know about the Seattle Seahawks. What do you need to know as a listener if you haven't been keeping up? So the Seahawks lost their first game 30-13 to against the LA Rams, which, by the way, don't think like the LA Rams are anything because the LA Rams have solidified themselves so far in week three of the season because they had that game. In the second week, they just played the 49ers, and they looked pretty good against them even though they lost. It came down to the end. And the Seahawks beat the Lions in overtime uh, in week two, 37-31 against uh, I just said the Lions already, and the Lions beat the Chiefs week one. So the Seahawks are a are a team that looks pretty good this year. We expected that. They looked good last year. Um, they're going to play the Panthers at 4 o'clock this Sunday. This is a team the Giants got to take care of. They have to. You go to 1-3, and three, your next game is against the Dolphins. I, they're away in Miami for that game. The following week, you have one last day to practice. 
It's a Sunday game at one. I'm saying they're going into that team as definite underdogs, and it's a small chance if they can't beat the 49ers, they can't beat the Cowboys. I do not think they can beat the Dolphins. So this game against the Seahawks is crucial to get to an even score line of 500 before you go into Miami. You agree? Yeah, I think you need to at least take one of those two games. Um, but yeah, the Seahawks game, you're at home. It's Monday Night Football. The Seahawks roster is not as good as their, uh, you know, they've been performing so far. But to be fair, the Giants were like that last year. So you can't take those teams uh, not seriously just because you don't think their roster is particularly good or whatever it may be. Uh, and then the Dolphins, I don't think they're on the level of a team like the Cowboys or or, or the 49ers, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, offensively, I think they could blow you out of the water, uh, especially with Tyree Kill. And if uh, Jalen Waddle, I'd have to imagine, is back from his concussion by then. So it's going to be really tough to play against those guys. So uh, defensively, they're not the powerhouse that the Cowboys or 49ers are, but they can sure blow you away on offense. So, yeah, Seahawks, it's a must-win game. It's an important week ahead, a week and a half ahead here for Brian Dable and the coaching staff and all the players uh, to get ready for that one. All right, so the Giant Take Pod is on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of those social media platforms. Definitely check us out there. I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29, Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. And um, subscribe wherever you're listening out podcast Spotify. This will be out on Friday. That's 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 weird, man. So how many podcasts? We had three podcasts in one week. That's, that's kind of crazy. Did we? What did we have? Yeah, we had the recap. On Monday okay. from the Cardinals game. Then we had the okay. preview with Rob. That was on Wednesday. Wednesday. And now we have this episode on Friday. So you had three TG. You had a lot of us this week. You had three giant takes. So don't worry. It's We're been a treat. A little bit of a break. You've gotten a treat. you got an episode every other day during this weekday. Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. You've got a full week off from us, I think. Yeah. So we'll probably record Thursday for... And we'll uh, no, release Friday. Yeah, yeah, you have a week. Yeah, you got a week. Yeah, you um, full, so, a full week. So, yeah, you'll probably be hearing from us uh, next Friday uh, with yeah. our preview Giants versus Seahawks, you know, pending. If there's any news during this little uh, break or yeah. stuff we have to talk about, obviously, that's not going to affect our picks or anything. Those are already in. Those are locked in that we did in the preview. And, yeah. Um, right? Yeah, we're ahead of the game. We did, we we're did that in the we're preview. We're good. We're good. We're chilling. We're fine. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in a little bit. We'll see you in about a week. Unless anything crazy happens, we'll hop on the mic for an emergency. Saquon Barkley ankle sprain is not what we expected. Uh, he's coming back on Monday. Yeah, yeah, even though that is what people expect because it's week to week. Yeah. All right, Alex, take us out. It's one eleven right now. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Um, hang in there. Uh, I know it's it's not it's not a victory or loss Monday, uh, but at least we've got the weekend to look forward to. So uh, we'll see you all next week.